1: Treasure Island by Robert Lewis Stevenson Part 1. The Old Buccaneer Chapter 3. The Black Spot About noon they stopped at the captain's door with some cooling drinks and medicines. He was lying very much, as we had left him only a little higher. He seemed both weak and sick. Jim, he said, oh, you're the only one here. It's worth anything. You know, we have always been always good to you. Never a month for I've given you a silver half of money for yourself. Now, you see, mate, I'm pretty low and deserted by all. And, Jim, you bring me one noggin' rum now, won't you, matey? The doctor, I'm again. He broke in the cursing the doctor in a feeble voice, but hardly. Doctors are all swathed, he said. And that doctor there, why, what did he know about the very men? I have been in places o pitch and mates dropping around with yellow jack, and a blessed hand a heaving like the sea with the earthquakes. What the doctor know of lands like that? I lived on rum, I tell you it's been meat and drink, man and wife to me. If I not have my rum, now I'm a poor old hulk of a leash or my blood will be you, Jar Jim, and that doctor swap he ran on again for a while with curses locked Jim! how how my fingers fidgets he continued to pleading pleading tone i can't keep them still now not I. I haven't had a drop this blessed day that doctor's a fool, i tell you if i didn't don't have a damn of rum jim i have the horrors i've seen them already i seen old flint in the corner there behind you as plain as pint print i seen him but I get as a man that's lived rough. I raised cane. your doctor himself, said one glass wouldn't hurt me. I'll give you a golden guinea for a noggin, Jim. was growing more and more excited, and this alarmed me, for my father, who was very low that day, needed quiet. Besides, was sure by the doctor's words, now quoted to me, rather offended by the offer of a bribe. I want I'd want none of your money, said I. But what, what you owe my father. I'll get you one glass, though no more. I brought it in, he seized it greedily drank it out. Aye aye, he said, as much, some better some better sure enough. Now me, did the doctor say how long I was a lie in this old berth? A week at least, said I. Thunder he cried, a week? Well you can't do that. It would be have the black spot on me by then, and lovers is going about to get the wind of me this blessed moment. Lovers couldn't keep that, but what they got. I went to nail what is the lovers. Is that seemingly behaving now? I want to know. But I am a saving soul. I never wasted good money of mine, nor lost it either. Neither I tricked them again. I am not afraid of them. I'll shake and reef me and dildled them again as he was thus speaking he had risen from bed great difficulty holding onto my shoulder with a grip they almost made me quiet and moving his legs like so much dead weight his words spirited as your meaning contrast contrasted sadly the weakness of the voice in which they were uttered he paused when he got to the sitting position on the edge the doctor's gone done me he murmured my legs, uses singing. Lay me back. If I could do much to help him, he had fallen back again to his uh, former place. We lay for a wee while silent. Jimmy said at length, "You saw the sea very man today." Black dog, I asked. "Oh, Doc, Black dog," says he. "He's a bad un, but there's worse to put on him, him, him on now. If I can't get away now, my help. And he tipped me the black spot, mind you. That's my old sea chest you're after. You've got a, on a horse. You can, can't you? Well, then, you get a horse and go. Well, yes, I will. To that eternal Dr. Swab, attendant, pipe all hands, magistrates and such. lay him aboard and my braw-burned bow. All went Flint's crew, man and body, all of them that's left. I was first mate. I was old Flint's first mate. I'm the only one that knows the place. It gave it me and Savannah. But you lay a dying, like I like as I was done right to now. You see, but you won't preach unless you get the black spot on me, or unless you see the black dog again or seafaring man with one leg to him, him above all. But what is the black spot, Captain? I asked. That is a summons, mate. I chill if you get that. But you keep your wovers' eye upon Jim. I share with you equals calls upon my honour. He wavered a little longer, his voice growing weaker, but soon after had given him his medicine, which he took like a child, with the remark, If I very see me and body drugs, it's me fell at last in a heavy, swoon like sleep, in which I left him. What I should have done had gone done had all gone well. I do not know. Probably should have told the whole story to the doctor for his immoral fear lest the, least the captain to repeat pent to his confessions make an end of me. But as things fell out, my doc, poor doctor father died quite suddenly that evening, and which put us all other matters of on one side. Our natural stress the visits of the neighbours, arranging the funeral, all the work of the inn that to. To be carried out on. He meanwhile, kept me, uh, me so busy I had scarcely time to think of the captain, far less to be afraid of him. He got downstairs, eat the next morning, be sure, his meals as usual, though, ate a little and had more. I'm afraid, than his usual supply rum, for he helped himself at the bar, scowling and bowling
2: for his nose, and no one dared to cross him. On the night before the funeral, he was so.
1: He was as drunk as ever It was shocking. How some morning to hear him sing one of his ugly old sea song. weak as he we was, we were all in fear of death of him. A doctor was suddenly taken up with case many miles away and was never near the house after my dad's father's death. I had said the captain was weak indeed I seemed rather to grow weaker. he seemed to grow rather he seemed to grow weaker than gain his strength. He climbed up and down the stairs, went down from the parlour to the bar, back again, sometimes put his nose of the doors, to smell the sea holding on the walls, as we- went to support them, breathing hard, fast like a man on a steep mountain. He never particularly addressed me, and in my belief he had a good was forgotten his con- conferences. His temper was more flighty and allowing for his body-wokeness, more violent than ever. He was, had an alarming way now that he was drunk with drooling his cutlass and laying it bare before him on the table. But of all that he minded people less than seemed shut up, his own thoughts of rather wandering. Once, for instance, to a, stream, to a stream wonder, he piped up to a different air, a kind of different country love song. He must have learned in his youth, for he began to pass follow the scene. Two so things passed until the day after the funeral, and about three o'clock on a bitter foggy, frosty afternoon, I was standing at the door for a moment full of sad thoughts about my father. I saw someone drawing slowly near along the road, he was painfully blind, he tapped around before him, the stick wore a warm, great green shade of his eyes, and nose he was hunched for his age of work or weakness. Wore a huge old tattered sea cloak with a hood and made him appear positively deformed never saw him life by life a more dreadful-looking quick figure he stopped a little from the inn raising his voice to an old sing-song dressing here in front of him Will you any kind friend and a poor old blind man who has lost the precious sight of his eyes in gracious offence in native country england god bless king george where where part of this country may be, now be. We might have no green bow, black kill gove, my good man, said I. I hear a voice, he said, a young voice. Well, you give me your hand, my kind young friend, and lead me in. I held out my hand, and the horrible, soft-spoken, cut-eyed creature gripped it in a moment like a vice. I was, all, I was so much startled. They struggled to withdraw, but the blind man pulled me closer to him. The single action of his left arm, now, boy, he said, he said, Take me in to the captain, sir. Said I, upon my word, I dare not. Oh, he said, That's it, take me in straight, or I break your arm. He gave it as he spoke, a wrench that made me cry out, Sir. Said I, It is for you, it is for useful, so I mean, the captain's not. It used to be, sits a John cutlass, another gentleman. Come now, March interrupted me. I never heard a voice so cruel cool and cold and ugly as a blind man's. He cowed me one, well, in once, and, and in a pain, I began to bay be him at once, walking straight in at the door towards the parlor where a sick old buccaneer was sitting, days rum. A blind man flung, clung close to me, holding me in one iron fist. And leaning against one of the wall oh, weight weight on me like a carry, lay me straight up to him when he in a view cry out. Here is a friend for you, bill. If you don't I do this, and when that he gave me a twitch, I thought that made me that would make thought that would make me faint behind this and that so utterly terrified the brown beggar of oh, godly terror the captain as he opened the parlour door cried out the words he ordered in a trembling voice poor captain raised his eyes and at once a look at the run went over as went out of him left him staring, staring sober expression in his face was not so much as terror as of, of moral sickness he made a movement to rise but do not believe he had enough force left his body now Bill, we'll sit where you are said the beggar if i can't see i can't hear a finger stirring i can hear a finger stirring business is business hold your left hand boy take this left hand of my wrist and bring it in here, my right we both obeyed him to the letter i saw him pass something from that shallow with a hand and held his stick in the palm of the his, which closed upon it instantly now it's done, said the blind man. Words he suddenly left him hold of me, and with incredible quick and nimbleness, skipped out the parlor onto the road, where I still stood motionless. I could hear his stick go tap, tap, tapping into the distance. For some time before, even I, the captain, seemed to gather some of our senses. At length, and about the same moment, I realised his wrist. Which I was still holding, he drew in his hand, and he had drew in his hand, looked sharply in that palm. Ten o'clock, he cried. Six hours. We do not know yet. He sprang to his feet, and even as he did so, he reeled. But his hand, his throat stood swaying for a moment, and then, with a peculiar sound, fell from his whole height, face foremost to the floor, around him at once, calling into my mother, but haste was all all in vain, the captain instructed by thundering and And curious, uh, it, it, it is a curious thing to understand, but I am certain never mind, I, might like, I certainly never liked the man. That was late, and I began to pity him. But as soon as I saw him, he was dead, a in flood of tears, the second if unknown in the heart, sorrow and thirst was still f- and sorrow of thirst was still fresh in my heart.